You're listening to Solar Insiders, a fortnightly update on the ins and outs of the solar industry and what it means for consumers. With Renew Economy's editor, Giles Parkinson, and leading solar industry veteran, Nigel Morris. Solar Insiders is brought to you by Solar Analytics, suppliers of intelligent solar monitoring, and SunWiz, the creators of the powerful PV cell software. Hello and welcome to this latest episode of Solar Insiders. My name is Giles Parkinson. I'm the editor of Renew Economy and One Step Off the Grid and the EV-focused website thedriven.io. And joining me as usual is Nigel Morris from Solar Analytics. Nigel, how are you? Giles, I'm not as old as you. Well, (laughs) I think that'd be pretty impossible, actually. You're never going to catch up, you know. (laughs) I have it on good authority that you had a birthday recently, mate. Happy birthday. Look, um, I had a birthday party, and my birthday is actually imminent. So this is definitely the last time that you will hear from me before I enter my seventh decade. Yeah. (laughs) Many happy returns, mate. Many happy returns. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And, your son, um, your son is much funnier than you, by the way. His speech was infinitely more witty than anything I've ever heard from you. Oh well, thank you very much, Nigel. I'm not too sure how to take that, but um, you know what? I'm going to take it as a compliment. <laughs> it's all down to you, mate. It's all down to you. <laughs> it was a pretty good speech, wasn't it? But um, sure yeah, was. no, there was some, um, and that was a. It was a great evening, and. Um, God, I even got back on the bass guitar and didn't make a complete fool of myself. So um, you there you go. There's, well. hope, for, Very there's well. hope for us all yet. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. On to news. Should we talk about solar for a minute? Well, I think we should, yeah. um, seeing, given the name of the podcast. But um, <laughs> um, yeah, look, um, huge month in the month of October, 207 megawatts of small scale. That's under 100 kilowatt solar systems installed under the um, under the scheme. Unbelievable. Incredible. 15% above the previous record. So it's just kind of leapt out of the pack. Um, and 58 megawatts in New South Wales, which is the most for any state in any month ever. Queensland following and closely on behind. Victoria, which is pretty much controlled now by its um, rebate um, pipeline. Mm-hmm. And, um, and pretty solid efforts from WA and South Australia as well. It just goes to show you, doesn't it? I was chatting with um, uh, ch- chatting with a whole bunch of people down at All Energy about all sorts of stuff around the industry, and and um, you know, there's not much sign of it slowing down this year. And last month's results sort of shows we're we're in for, and now we've got the run up till Christmas, right? So everyone's battening down the hatches and telling people they can't take any leave between now. And in fact, I met met a met a great little crew of installers uh, who said none of our guys have got time off over Christmas. They're working all the way through the poor buggers. So. Um, um, looks like it's um, going to be a busy season. Not really too sure when it's going to slow down, Nigel. Given the um, given the uh, given the uptake now, I mean, it's not as though there's a um, there's something sort of triggering this mad rush before the end of the year. I just think it's sort of people looking and just going, well, this makes increasingly more sense. And um, mm, mm. you know, you have to say that this is probably about the only policy left that's actually working <laughs> and um and actually doing something. You know, yeah. it's um you know, this is the point that Warwick Johnson, who actually produced those figures from SunWiz and who of course, like Solar Analytics, is a sponsor of this podcast and I asked him, Warwick, I said, Well, you know, what about these big figures? Is this gonna sort of um, rekindle the push to get rid of the um to get rid of the um, the rebate, and um, his comment was, "Well, why would you do that? 
you know, given the fact that this policy is working, it's about the only policy that's working now. Are you really now actually going to engineer a slowdown in the industry when um, this is actually doing some good? Yep. And um, yep. and we should point out that um, you know rooftop solar is presenting a few challenges in the industry uh, for the market operator, but they're looking at how to deal with that now with their various programs, both in WA and in the eastern states. But according to their own data, it is actually reducing emissions. I mean, it's taking a lot of fossil fuel generation out in the middle of the day, and their data, as they showed in the latest quarterly dynamics report, you know, is quite unequivocal. It's it's reducing emissions, and it's pretty effective in doing so. It is, it is, and and you know, um, lots of great conversations. We'll talk about oil energy in a in a bit. I'm assuming, but um, you know, a couple of good conversations I'd heard um, around what's going on in the market, and and um, commercial had sort of slowed a bit um, the previous month, which we'd um, mentioned in our previous um, previous edition of Solar Insiders, and um, that's come back alive. A few people were saying, yeah, no, everyone was kind of been sitting on their hands a bit around the election. Um, it takes a while for everyone to get back up to steam and have another look at those quotes and everything else and um and business is up and running now uh and buying with with strength i haven't analyzed warwick's data yet to have a look and see how much was commercial and how much was resi but um uh, i'm hearing on the grapevine that commercial is certainly running strong um we always see a bit of a run up till christmas because there's uh, a decrease in the multiplier on stc so you know that doesn't make a huge amount of difference but it makes a little and so that's a that's an incentive to get um consumers and homes over the line with solar um and um so yeah no it's 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 clearly running strong but what was interesting i had a conversation with another esteemed analyst in the market rick brazal and and we were chatting about um penetration rates on a state-based level and I, I look at the penetration rates and, you know, you've got 50%, 60%, 55%, 54%. The penetration rates on Australian rooftops um, is just phenomenal, phenomenal. And it's pushing the boundaries of what Warwick and I used to to assume um, would be organic boundaries. We always assumed around 60% penetration, we would see a slowdown in the, in the market simply because there weren't enough roofs i mean once you get past the the majority you're going to be trying to sell solar to to climate skeptics you know we'll be down at angus <laughs> taylor's be down at angus, angus taylor's place a- before a- long. Angus, well, no no um, someone's already beaten your turn mate um, oh, that, <laughs> um he's yes, got no, solar he's got solar of course he's got solar he's got solar so but it is fascinating to think Tell me about these penetration rates, first of all. Um, well, 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 on a state basis. On, on, on a state a basis, what, basis. What, what, available roofs, you mean? Available roofs, that's right. Available, available roofs. roofs. So, you know, we're at 50 plus percent in, in many states. Uh, Warwick and, and Rick, I'm sure, can um, could share some data on that. Um, and growing quite strongly in commercial as well. But in residential, it's just re- it's really mind-blowing that uh, we're pushing well beyond 50, 60% in many, many, many postcodes. And no sign of it slowing down at this point. But it has to. At some point, we're going to get to 70, 80, 90%. And at the rate that we're going, it's, you know, maybe next year... Um, and and it's going to get real hard in some areas. So, you know, maybe it's next year, maybe it's the year after. We all thought, going back in time, we thought we would be there uh, this year at close to 60%, but um, clearly not. 
Jeez, I, just, I sometimes look at all these new um, housing divisions and I go, well, where's all your solid chap? So, um, you know, I don't know. Um, mm. 50 or 60% mm. surprises me, but look, I'll take your word for it. Mm. Um, anyway, but look, mm. all energy. Um, records there too, more than 2,000 people. and um, 10,000. Ten, I beg your voice, 10,000? Good grief. 10,000. 10,000. It would have been 10,001 if I'd gotten there, but um, <laughs> by all accounts... Um, a pretty um, pretty positive vibe. Really, really positive vibe. In fact, you know, a, a record for the show, um, a record for booths. There was uh, there was plenty of money being splashed around on booths and uh, events and hospitality and everything else. Um, um, and and you know, to be honest, mate. I mean, apart from the fact that there was something like ten thousand people, a couple of things struck me. Uh, one was there was a lot of people who didn't go. Uh, an awful lot of people who didn't go because they were busy working hard slapping solar on roofs. So, you know, to have 10,000 people there who are actively engaged and employed in the solar industry, I think it'd be a pretty safe bet that there would at least be another 10,000, probably more like 20, who couldn't make it because they were the other people left behind in the business to keep the wheels turning. And and, and to me, that was a really, really powerful signal about how many people work in our industry. Um, there's some great work being done on employment stats, and I've, I've done work on this previously, and I reckon we're easy 30,000 plus in this industry, and 10,000 of them are all there. So, you know, if there's anyone down in Canberra who doesn't think we're a material employer, well, guess what? Um, there was 10,000 who could come down for a party. So, you know, it's a pretty strong sign of how good what? it is. Absolutely. And if your numbers are right, Nigel, I suspect that some of them don't actually listen to this podcast and we need to change that. So. <laughs> <laughs> I want their names and emails. We're going to need to print more T-shirts. Um, but yeah, and, and the other thing that actually struck me, mate, uh, apart from, you know, we, we could talk the whole episode uh, just about uh, all the things that we picked up on and learnt and, and the good times that we had um, at um, at All Energy. But the thing that actually struck me was the very, the, the best way to end, uh, a, a, you know, what turned into be a three-day conference uh, was right back at the beginning um, with Solar Pioneers. And um, good old Kathleen Ryan organised a little meet-up right at the very end of the show with a bunch of solar pioneers, many of whom had been in solar for 30 years, 40 years or longer. Um, still going, um, lots of old friends, lots of great memories. And, and, and what was really cool was to see that some of those people have reinvented themselves over and over again. There were a couple selling new products uh, uh, on, the, on the floor in the hall. And it was just a, a great example of you know, staying power and tenacity and, um, you know, shout out to all the solar pioneers. Oh, that's excellent. Uh, good one. Now, um, what else is um, um, what else is um, what else is happening? Oh, there was the, the solar meetup in Byron Bay where um, you sort of um, doubled up on the, um, on the on the party celebrations, which was <laughs> which was good. Now, um, that's a good little look, event. There was there was a crowd of thirty or so there, and uh, good conversations, good networking. So the guys in Byron Bay are doing a great job of um, of making that a regular little quarterly event. I think it is. Yeah, well, that's absolutely. And if you think about the um, at the solar meetup down in Sydney, 
um, you know, that started pretty much the same way if you go back a few years, and, and sure now did. it's several hundred. So um, that's right. That's yeah, right. the sundowners. So, and I think the next meeting of that's coming up, gathering of that's coming up in about three or four weeks. So, um, oh, is it? Yes, uh-huh. yes. Excellent, excellent. And, and there's plenty of events on. I'm off to New Zealand tomorrow uh, to uh, meet up with some old friends and some new friends over at SEANS, which is kind of the equivalent of SEA Australia. Um, it's their annual conference and, and event and stuff. And uh, I know there's a bunch of Aussies going over. And um, so that's on Thursday and Friday um, this week in Wellington. Good stuff. Well, we'll hear your report back from that next time. You will. Indeed. Now, um, Elon Musk, solar roof tile. Mm. Um, it's a, look, this is an interesting one. I mean, look, he's had this I is version so. three, and yeah, um, yeah. fascinating idea. But geez, um, how many people put new roofs on houses, mm-hmm. and how many people will think be thinking about solar at that time? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, just my, my earlier comment about sort of housing estates and new housing divisions, and you think of all those houses gone up there, and they haven't even thought about solar. I mean, some of them might have a solar hot water system on it. The number of people who don't have solar panels disappoints me mm. um so what's the chance of people actually think about a solar roof yeah it's an interesting space you know the whole roof tile thing i dabbled in this many many years ago and i actually saw some posts on uh, on facebook the other day of um johan Fleury from the south coast of new south wales who'd just done a solar tile roof in australia not a not a tesla roof tile but a locally made version so there, there, it's it's really interesting because it's a niche product and it's in a niche application where you're going, I'm going to replace the whole roof. It's not just about bolting it on. Even even Musk admits that, you know, if your roof's got 10 years or more life, it makes more sense to put a traditional solar panel set up than it would be to, to do his product. Um, and it's and it's... Yeah, it's not without risk because now you, you know, um, pulling up the waterproof membrane and all those kinds of things. So it's expensive. Um, it's a niche market. It's beautiful looking, um, um, and it has an application. And what what I think is most interesting is, is it a little bit like the early Teslas, where he just went after a tiny little niche on the market in the market uh, with a very very expensive product. Um, but cracked the market, tried to crack the market opening and, and, you know, use early adopters to pay a high price to get scale on economy. You know, maybe that's his theory with the roof tile V3, you know, looking back at the experiments that people have done with integrated roof tiles over the years, hasn't really taken off as a, as a big solution, but yeah, we'll see. I've got to say, we wrote, a, we wrote a story about a blue scope um, roof tile. Um, they tried yep. they, they tried one way back. Do you know they that did. is the most read story on our website ever? This every, is that right. Every, every once in a while, there's this burst of enthusiasm and interest, and for some reason, it just goes off. It must go viral in some sort of network, and everyone starts reading about it and things like that. It's about 250,000 page views on that story. It's just amazing. Is that right? so, um, I mean, it's a yeah. beautiful solution. When you see it done right, uh, it's uh, it's terrific, um, but it's not the lowest cost way to solar or to get solar on your roof. So you know maybe if the no. cost of PV keeps coming down and tiles follow, then you know maybe it will become um, du rigueur. Well, maybe like Tesla sort of you know has just basically sort of led this electric vehicle resolu- revolution. Um, then this can actually just sort of bring forward that um, you know what they call the BIPV, the building integrated PV. And um, yep. I know that the Australian company Clearview, which is specialising in solar glass, so like windows and facades and things like that, it's making a lot of headway with its products. Not yet commercial, but certainly in demonstration phase, and mm-hmm. lots of different companies interested in having a look at it. So. Um, you know, 
maybe that's where we head to in the future. Once we've covered all those roofs in um, in rooftop solar systems, we we start just putting solar everywhere. And um, I mean, just 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 a, qu a quick aside. I was actually just looking at um, just saw this report last night. You know, the Netherlands has four gigawatts of solar um, installed. He's going to wow. put fi another five gigawatts of solar by the end of next year. And then by 2023, expects to have about, no, by 2030, I think, expects to have about 20 to 25 gigawatts of solar. Wow. And that's not a big country. And you're just thinking, where the hell are you putting it all? <laughs> <laughs> and well, it turns out it's on just about everything. It's on canals and it's on, yeah. you know, it's yeah. on the side of roads. It's, um, you yeah. know, in the... In, in, in the median strips, it's um it's everywhere. It is. And, and I was driving through Burley uh, when I was up the north coast, actually, and uh, my son spotted a solar system on the side of a two-story house. So literally on the north facing, it was a big tool. <laughs> it had fallen down, had it? No, 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 no. They'd made awnings out of it, right? Oh. So uh, there, there was two or three rows from memory. Um, big, wide, north-facing white wall um, with some windows along it, and they'd slap the solar panels on the side. You know, didn't put it on the roof. It looked like it, it looked really good. It looked like an, an integrated architectural element of the building. Um, so you know, um, there's there's still opportunity. There's still spots we can jam panels. <laughs> there you go um, look time to once again thank the sponsors which of course is Solar Analytics and uh, PV Cell from Sunwiz so um, thanks a lot to um, boys, Stefan and the boys that um, you work with and um, also to Warwick and, um, and his team down there and two very good products um, mate have we got a um have we got an interview with a good solar person? We certainly do. Uh, I, the interviews keep coming. I keep uh, digging into businesses to find out what lessons they, they had learned and uh, how they've survived the solar coaster. And this week we chatted with Jason Schramm from Linked Energy. Uh, they manufacture solar equipment and services uh, for the mining sector, interestingly. Um, like all the solar businesses we've chatted to, he's got a fascinating story to tell about surviving the solar coaster. Let's here from Jason. Welcome back to another edition of Meta Solar Business. I'm sitting here with Jason Sharar, Managing Director from Linked Energy. Jason described his business to me as a trade services delivery company specialising in the mining sector but uh, linking together all sorts of trade services and covering renewable energy. Is that a decent description? It's not too bad actually you're, you're pretty close there Nigel. We also um, are a manufacturing business we actually manufacture off-grid in our complex in Mackay, North Queensland. Brilliant, uh, nice intro, thanks Jace. So tell me, let's go right back to the beginning um, how did you end up here? How did you end up w with Linked Energy sitting here in a conference today? What's the story that got you here? Um, I'm just an installer like a lot of the other listeners out here today. Um, started back in 2007 in the industry um, when the BSCE was still around back in those days. Did my Grid Connect course because I had a great enthusiasm for being able to produce electricity from the sun. Moved from southern New South Wales in the middle of a drought to sunny Mackay. Uh, got into the coal mining industry as an electrician. Um, met up with an old business partner, we decided to form our own company and focus on mining and renewables as a, uh, an opportunity. 
bloody hell. I love it. Every time I ask that question, I find out more about people that I never knew. That's great. Um, so, okay, so you're here, you know, uh, waiting for the networking drinks, pretending that you're interested. Um, but um, tomorrow you're back in the office. You've got to get back to business. What's the number one biggest opportunity that's on your plate right now that's getting you excited? Look, we've got lots of different opportunities in various areas. One of the biggest ones for us is probably our solar carport solution that we're manufacturing in our off-grid facility in Mackay. Um, it's an Aussie-made product, and we are starting to deliver a number of those solutions across Australia. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty exciting stuff. There's megawatt stuff happening. Nice, nice. Yeah, I keep seeing car, car solar solar carports around the place. It's uh, it's fascinating little niche. Um, so what's the secret to your company's success? What's, what's the USP for linked energy, Jason? <laughs> I think it's the same in any, any business. It's about people. Um, we employ really good people. We try to nurture, uh, encourage professional development of our people to grow within our company. Um, we grew from a company of six people to now employing around 80 people. Probably 50% of that is still in the mining sector where we're continuing to grow our renewable energy division, which is linked energy, um, and we want to continue along that basis. And I guess we want to leverage off the opportunity to um, implement renewable solutions into that mining sector uh, and get people to understand that it's not us or them. It's the tyranny of uh, or versus the genius of and working together and leveraging off the opportunity and what's cost effective, what's the real solution. Yeah, yeah. Sweet. Um, And and so, again, sticking with um, aspirational stuff, is there a person or a company, and you you may not have one, but is there a person or a company out in the big wide world that that kind of inspires you, that that, that you guys aspire to to follow or to, to emulate? That's a really hard question, Nigel. Um, I really don't know. Look, there's so many really good innovative companies in Australia. Um, I guess Selectronics is one that I look at and go, well, that's a great story for an Australian company. So, like I said, we've got some pretty strong ethics around um, being an Australian manufacturer and then trying to deliver those solutions across Australia and trying to keep that as Australian as possible. And then whether there is some export opportunities for us then um, to go back out into the global market, that'd be great. Yeah. Oh, nice. Um, uh, what's the best in- investment decision you've ever made for the business? Oh, wow, I've made so many bad ones. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get to the bad ones, yeah. don't worry. <laughs> uh, look, I think uh, probably the investment that we made into our own um, off-grid manufacturing facility in Mackay, mm-hmm. um, that was a pretty major investment, um, but I think it's starting to um, reap some rewards in regards to people understand our capability now. Mm-hmm. It's giving us a uh, manufacturing edge because we've got control of the cost of our electricity. Mm-hmm. Um, it's provided directly from the sun. And I mm-hmm. think last year we were using on average about 300 kilowatt hours a day. Wow. And our electricity bill for the entire year was $2,000 worth of LPG gas for the backup turbine. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, you know, that gives us a competitive edge over other manufacturers in our region. How fascinating. Just from the sun, eh? Hey? I love it. Uh, what's the um, What's the one lesson that took you the longest to learn in your business? I'm still learning lots of lessons, <laughs> and I guess that's one of the things. Just to know that you uh, you don't know everything. To um, listen to other good business people, learn from their mistakes and also your own mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, employ good people. Um, that's probably the mm. best one. Mm. <clears throat> just. Just, I guess, do what you believe is right. That's, yep. a, that's a really strong one. Yeah, yeah. love it. Uh, what's the biggest mistake you've made in your business? 
trusting the wrong people. <laughs> to be ah, honest, yeah, that, yeah, and I think that does happen to a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and just be very wary, I guess, about uh, people who oversell things. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's too good to be true, generally is. Probably All is. those little adages that mm-hmm. you come across. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, just don't don't try to get too big too fast is another one yeah right um we've all been on the solar coaster now for quite a long time we see a lot of those companies come and go because they've tried to get too big too fast um so learn from those lessons yeah nice um what was one thing that you believed to be true when you started out that you learned is actually not true wow you have some great questions don't you that i believed to be true but i found out is not true yeah Oh, the government policy would ever stay the same for any period of time. Let's let's run yeah, with that one, yeah, nice. Yeah, That'll yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, if you could change one thing about the solar industry, what would it be? I think it probably goes back to government policy, right. to be honest. And yeah. I think it would be that if we weren't so dependent as an industry on government policy, if we actually got rid of it altogether yep. and let the, the industry itself yep. stand and grow on its own two feet, I think that would solve a whole lot of problems, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. got it. And last one, mate. Um, what, what will your business look like in five years? How's th- how are things going to shape for you? Look, in five years, I am sort of hoping that we can um, increase our employee base, um, increase our capability, and increase our market share for an Aussie-made product um, throughout Australia and, and globally. And I, I don't, we don't want to be a huge company. We just want to be a, a nice, um, medium-sized business that's employing lots of people locally and um, delivering a good product to our clients. Brilliant, mate. Well, I, I, you know, I've got a car. I need to park it somewhere. I'll give you a call for one of your car shades soon. I hope it's an EV. <laughs> I hope it's an electric vehicle. It's absolutely, it's an electric vehicle. Good on you. Thanks so much for your time. No worries. Thank you, mate. Cheers. That was Jason Sharam from Linked Energy. Um, I don't know about you, Giles, but I, I just love the idea that there's a solar business built around the mining sector. Oh, look, it's actually quite fascinating now, and we're starting to see the mining industry starting to really clean up its act, um, you know, with possibly the exception of the thermal coal industry because they can't. Um, but um, um, they're using electric vehicles down mines. So uh, we ran a story a couple of weeks ago suggesting that diesel engines might actually be banned in underground mines. Um, electric mm-hmm. vehicles are becoming a bit of a no-brainer for even your, you know, your, your Hiluxes and your Land Cruisers that you send down there, plus your heavy equipment. Um, and we're starting yep. to see communications, uh, monitoring systems, uh, transportable lighting systems, but also all sorts but of. But also just preparing the whole kit and caboodle. I mean, now they're now looking. Oz Middles yes. is talking about this major yes. nickel project on the out in the desert and the border of WA Northern Territory, and they're thinking, well, we're going to go mostly renewables. And interestingly, out there, you don't think mm-hmm. of wind, but there is, of course, with the diurnal effects and. Um, so wind and wind and solar and battery storage to provide 60, 70% of their power. And there's a lot of um, mines in WA thinking pretty much the same thing. And just recently we saw BHP committing to take its two biggest copper mines in Chile, um, renewables, and that's essentially going to be solar um, backed up by the hydro resources. So 100% renewable, the two biggest copper mines um, in BHP's portfolio, including the biggest copper mine in the world. So... Um, so there you wow. go. Yep, yep. So there's yeah, there's opportunities there, and great to hear uh, Jason's story. And um, uh, he's doing quite a lot in the solar carport space. I, I dropped by um, 
uh, in Mullumbimby to the Byron Bay Council Chambers, who've just recently put up a really big solar carport out in the car park out the back there. That was quite something in, in your in your turf, mate. And and the other thing that I I thought was really interesting. It's worth a listen um, to um, you know hear some of the lessons, Jason, and also learn about how important people are in solar businesses. So you know, look after your people. Absolutely, people. absolutely. I wanted a solar carport too, but um, my um, my car park my carport's got bloody electrical wires going over the top of it. So um, Apparently they won't let me do it, so I'll oh. give them. Anyway, <sighs> top three tips to avoid crap solar this week. Or just good news. Is it just just good solar, isn't it? Yes. I've got no no real crap stories this week, actually. Um, so, and I thought good stories and good real stories. A funny, a funny little story. I was with mum and dad. Uh, I had a day of leave up on the north coast and bumped into a, a very old family friend of theirs and um, she suddenly leapt on me. I had my, my had my T-shirt on, my work T-shirt, and she suddenly leapt on me and said, oh, you keep sending me emails telling our solar system's working really well. Thank you, thank you. And uh, turns out that the church... Uh, in Mullumbimby where mum and dad used to uh, drag me along somewhat begrudgingly as a kid uh, finally has got solar on it. Um, Interestingly they do a ton of stuff for charities there they look after Congolese refugees and homeless people around the northern rivers and and do a wonderful wonderful voluntary uh, job there and to do that they got a a cool room, portable cool room out the back that was costing them a lot of money Um, they got a little bit of support they put um, a, a nice PV system on the roof, they've still got room for more and um the clever guys uh up there who installed that through through a monitoring system on as well so mum took me down there and made me check it was okay and then that's good stuff yeah now there's a fair bit there's a fair bit going on down there actually um in and around here there's um a couple of very strong community um energy groups um people like quorum of course there's nova electricity um which is the local community based Mm -hmm. thing which has now just expanded into the rest of new south wales um or at least i think sydney wollongong and newcastle so if you're interested in wow. getting off with an, um, getting on with an independent um, retailer, then um, give them a call. Um, yeah, no, some some good some good stuff happening. Yeah, there you go, there you go. And the other the other good news, so well, it's good news and bad news. But the good news is, while I was away on the north coast, I started getting messages saying, "Hey, your solar system stopped working." Um, and I, I, to be honest, I've been too busy. I still haven't worked out why it stopped working, but. Um, it was a valuable lesson for me because my solar system's in good nick. It's, you know, it's a bit like a mechanic's car, you know. It's a bit of a cobble together of bits and pieces that I've found over the years, but um, it shouldn't have stopped working, but something's happened. So I would never have expected that. And uh, I wasn't at home at the time. Um, I was away traveling, but ping, got a notification that something has happened and it keeps yelling at me to do something about that. I suspect it's my 15. It's probably my 15-year-old boy's fault. <laughs> and doesn't it keep yelling? I had the same thing actually about two weeks ago and it just keeps on sending a ping message about once every hour until you actually reply to it going, yeah, got it, got it, okay. Yeah, yeah got it, yeah, yeah. So you to can't make miss sure it. that you're, you're paying attention. No, that's right. So, you know, um, it just goes to show you that, you know, even... I've you know very high quality gear that I got off some friends. Uh, I've got good friends who look after me well, and I I don't know what's gone wrong, but something's gone wrong, and um, you wouldn't have known if you didn't have a good monitoring system. So too true, too true. Hopefully one day that is compulsory on all new systems and recommended for all mm. retrofitting as well. Um, mm. 
And look, to be truthful, we're going down that path because basically the market operator wants wants to actually see these things and, and work out what they're doing. So they've got some idea about how to manage the system. And if we think about the forecast for rooftop solar, um, it's probably going to be supplying about you know one quarter or one third or even more of the um, ag- aggregated demand. Um, you know, ten years, twenty years down the track. So. Um, Oh, it's so true, Giles. I've had the most fascinating conversations with a number of different people over the last few weeks, All Energy and some of the other events I was at before that, about um, some of the some of the real benefits that are going to come for network companies in particular, but also um, other other players in the industry, um, because they're starting to see, for example, Volt VAR response um, really doing a great job of fixing up the network. And so what they want now is they want to see that happening live so that they can make other actions and, and, and be responsive to some of the signals that are being sent out by inverters. So it's it's starting to get really really cool and the the interest in in data and uh, understanding what's going on live rather than just with dumb you know aggregated data out of a, a utility meter um but live data is really what's making the difference so it's it's getting cool absolutely mate probably time to move on to a bit of electric vehicle news yeah so what's your um, attention yeah, so Harley are back up and running. We mentioned that in um, a previous episode where they'd had to put a pause on manufacturing and we talked about how they'd been struggling a little bit to sell the bikes. They got manufacturing back up and running, um, which is great news. It was just a um, a charger problem, so it wasn't catastrophic or anything. And they, they were back up and running and on the front foot pretty quickly. So they are shipping bikes again now. Still haven't heard any more about it, but um, they're up and running again. So that's good news. That, I assume, means Charlie and and um you and mcgregor are doing fine on their trip they're out there somewhere in the big (laughs) wide world so that's good news um the other one that was interesting was um was the senate minority leader out of the u.s chuck schumer um he gave a talk uh recently proposing a 462 billion dollar trade-in program to get uh, Americans out of gas vehicles and support them getting into hybrid or electric vehicles, which is astounding to say the least. Um, it, we've seen talk of clash for clunk- uh, cash for clunkers programs in the past. Um, it's not out of the question. Of course, in the US, there's a lot more cars, so it's a bigger program. Um, I don't think this is out of the realms of reality, um, uh, Giles, and it sort of talks to where we could be in a couple of years, mate. Well, you never, never know. And if you think that sounds expensive, then you probably might want to think for a moment about the costs of vehicle pollution from petrol and diesel vehicles and the particulates and the impact that that has on the population. More people die from that every year than die in car accidents. Um, and, of course, the other sort of, you know, the um, the climate and um, other, other savings that you get from it. So um, not a bad idea. I think um, we overnight we actually saw... Germany um, announce a um, flag a, uh, a big initiative it wanted to have 1 million EVs on the road by I can't quite remember when it's not going to meet that so it's now decided to ramp up the initiatives um, that came as VW rolled its first um, uh, K 
car from it's, its new I, the ID three. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, which is yeah. it's look. I think it's electrified. It's um, the VW Golf. Not you, not that you'd see one of those in Australia at the moment, but um, over in Europe you would. But this is its first of its new line of electric vehicles that it's rolling out. It's got an ambition to sell twenty three million electric vehicles by, I can't remember the year there either. Um, but um, an awful lot. So it's just going fully electric. And look, it's taken the big German car makers a fair while to. To, to get their act together, but now they're going kind of full throttle, so it's going to be really interesting to see. Yep, yep. Next couple of years, next couple of years, mate, it's going to, we're going to be talking about a lot, a lot more. Absolutely, absolutely. Look, um, absolutely. Um, and we're going to have to sit here and wait very patiently for the Australian federal government to, to do something. I mean, they're still talking about... I mean, um, that idiot, the, um, the transport minister, um, what's his name? Michael McCormack, the Nationals guy. <laughs> Uh, oh God! Look, he—if you ever want to see a speech, just just go up to his web, web his page. He's, you know, he's he's quite proud of it. He put his speech up to the uh, a conference on on autonomous driving, and it mm-hmm. is the waffliest, the most random speech you've ever heard. And he manages to talk for twenty really? minutes. Worse than us. Uh, oh, unbelievable! At least we kept to the subject, sort of. But this guy didn't even didn't even <laughs> didn't even get to electric vehicles. He wouldn't couldn't even say the name. Um, wow. It's unbelievable, and um, look, frankly, that's just the sort of the type of stupidity that we've got at this level. They just, um, they either refuse to see it or they just don't get it. Um, yeah, we can be thankful that the New South Wales government is at last talking about trans, um, you know, um, transitioning its bus fleet, eight thousand buses in Sydney to electric. Although it hasn't mm. really released the details of it, but that's you know that's a good thing. And what you'd hope that that's would happen there is that they um, trans you know transition it to electric and then write contracts for renewable power to sort of you know charge the charging stations, which will draw down a fair mm-hmm. bit of power. So um, mm-hmm. so yeah, um, interesting stuff. Anyway. Bring it on. Bring it. Hey, look, um, yep. just on that note, I um, should point out the other podcast that we do, the Energy Insiders podcast, um, co-host with David Leach, and also the Driven podcast coming out once a week now. Some pretty good interviews there. Last week we had the guys in the um, who drove the solar car um, across Australia, so that was pretty interesting. And um, yeah. yes, and, um, and, and Nigel, can you remind people of what to do if they want to give us a bit of a boost on the podcast platform? Please. Yeah, please jump onto iTunes. That's the only way you can do it. Search for Solar Insiders. When you find it, scroll down to the bottom where you can leave us a star rating and a comment. We'd really, really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks to all the listeners. Thanks once again to our sponsors, Solar um, Solar Analytics and PV Cell from Sunwiz. And thanks to you, Nigel. And um, you're welcome. We'll talk again in a couple of weeks when I will be another decade older. (laughs) Look forward. Bye for now. But still, but still, you know, still together. I think. Younger, younger. Solar Insiders was brought to you by Solar Analytics, designers and suppliers of smart solar monitoring. Visit solaranalytics.com.au, get empowered and make the most of your home energy. Solar Insiders was also brought to you by SunWiz, the creators of PV Cell Software, powerful technology for solar sales and design. With free high-definition rooftop imagery in every PV Cell plan, retailers can stay ahead of the competition. Visit sunwiz.com.au, Australia's leading solar software.